1: What's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan, and I'm Taylor. And Taylor, in unsurprising fashion, the Sabres lost five to two to the Golden Knights from Las Vegas on Tuesday night. It was the return of for Alex Tuck, Cody Eakin, and Peyton Krebs to Vegas uh, in their first matchup back. Alex Tuck ended up scoring a goal, which was a really nice story, but I will be completely honest. The game hit four nothing Vegas and it was 1130 at night. And I said, screw this. I'm going to bed. Your thoughts.
0: <laughs> I, I waited till the end of the second period. And I I did see the goal scored by Tuck, which is actually a pretty cool goal. Uh, but yes, I went to bed after that. I missed the entire third period. Uh, I, I'm starting to think that the Sabres aren't as good as the Golden Knights. Which is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Tough yeah. realization to hit. Yeah. You know, it was a weird game, though, I would say watching it. The Knights didn't, the Sabres didn't get dominated, I wouldn't say. And the shots and the shot attempts kind of bear that out. But the the plays that made a difference were not, and I would also say this, Craig Anderson didn't have some kind of terrible Arundel like game. What I think you saw was uh, a few plays where Vegas really took advantage and a few plays where the Sabres had some uh, horrific defensive lapses, despite mostly being solid. Uh, And meanwhile, on the other end, the Sabres really didn't, get that many quality chances. It was a lot of low percentage shots taken at Leonard, but it wasn't a wire to wire, like beatdown. I would say either. On the other hand, Vegas was up two nothing kind of quick. And then eventually three, nothing and four, nothing. So maybe they didn't really feel the need to put the pressure on, but yeah, I, it was not a, a, a great day to watch the Sabres play offense.
1: No. And as you were talking about some of those defensive breakdowns there, I think somebody who we need to talk about. And I think just judging from what we've been seeing like just people talking about among Sabres Twitter and online. And it's, it's growing more and more apparent is the pretty brutal play of Henry Yoki Haru as of late, when he came over uh, initially in the Nylander deal, I think everybody was really excited about it for one, because it's just us getting rid of Alex Nylander that I think in and of itself was a big plus at the time. It was a horrible draft pick. There's no changing that It sucked. And so at the time, it felt like, OK, well, we're giving this guy up and we're doing the whole change of scenery for a young guy trade. Maybe we end up getting this Yoki Haryu back and he ends up turning into like a solid top four guy, which is what we really had kind of thought. And a lot of people had thought league wide at the time. I mean, he had gotten minutes with Duncan Keith on their top pair. He comes over here. He starts to get some minutes with Rasmus Dalin. They don't look too bad together. They look pretty good, actually, at points early on. And it just feels like the more and more that they've played together since over these past couple of years, the worse that they have as a pair have looked and he personally has looked. And the problem is, is that on top of not looking good with Darlene, he really hasn't been looking good with anybody lately. This has just been a a pretty rough season for him. Thankfully, they don't have a whole lot tied to him um, just in that, you know, the trade happened before Kevin Adams. So Kevin Adams doesn't have any kind of like attachment to him um again it was pretty inconsequential trade given what we had given up and on top of that he doesn't have a crazy cap hit and is young still so we have rfa rights there too but he still i believe is going to have a year on his contract after this year so there is i think absolutely the potential that he ends up getting moved in the off season if there's somebody again who's maybe willing to overlook some of the the poor underlying overlying eye test, everything <laughs> well somebody's willing to overlook that but I I just feel like you know as we're getting to this point now where we're really starting to embrace this youth movement here and knowing that next season is the year that a lot of these guys are are going to be taking the jump I mean this team is incredibly young as it is but it's going to get even younger next year and if it comes down to it I mean you know we're going to have guys who are going to move at the deadline undeniably but I would much, much, much rather watch Matias Samuelson the rest of the year than Henry Yokiharyu.
0: Yes, I agree. Uh, I would like to see Yokiharyu away from Darlene, uh for both of their sakes. I don't think they play well together. Mm-mm. And it seemed like at first for like a month, a couple of years ago, they did. And then uh, since then, it really has not gone well, especially over the past two seasons. So Yokiharyu, I, I kind of look as a down the... I don't know, a third pairing guy, which is also what Jacob Bryson probably is for the Sabres. And you, you don't have Colin Miller in there right now. So I guess it makes sense to have Yogi Haru in the lineup, but maybe not if you want to get Samuelson more time. Uh, either way, I, I'm not like, you got to get this guy off the team, but you do have to get him away from Dalene, And he's a guy that I'm, uh, I guess you get something in the offseason for him. You can, he's not uh He's I'm not as high in him as I was before the year. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they have much of a player there. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Alex Tuck in his return to Vegas after playing there for the first well, let's say four seasons of Vegas, yeah, four seasons, and uh, the beginning of this year, he uh, scored a pretty a pretty nifty goal uh, to continue his pace of a point per game since he started playing for the Sabers and came back from injury, uh, which is which is pretty cool. And it was definitely the kind of goal they needed to score because like I said, they were not getting any consistent pressure and their four check was uh, not intimidating. So just kind of coming down the right side, waiting just long enough uh, for a player to converge on him, and then letting it rip over the goalies, oh, Leonard's over Robin Leonard's pad right, right over his blocker. I should say great goal and another solid game from him. Can't say much for the rest of the guys on offense, honestly, unfortunately, but, um, but yeah, it's a, that's not the kind of game you want to remember, but honestly, this trip to the West coast so far has gone about the way we thought, right? They, they lost to probably the two best teams. No, not probably the best two. the two best teams in the West. In fact, the only teams that are actually good in the West, I still think. And they beat the worst team in the league who, by the way, last night beat Colorado in a shootout. Crazy. Yeah. Hockey is a weird sport. Um, Yeah. Uh, I guess looking at the stretch, it's about what I thought. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, you couldn't really, I mean, you really can't expect too much more. I guess the only thing is like, you could say that they they actually really did kind of hold their own in both these games. And it's just apparent that there's a, a gigantic talent mismatch between Colorado and Vegas and them.
1: Who would have thought? Yeah, not me. Hey, speaking of point per game though, as you were saying with talk, how about Sam Reinhardt point per game, for the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. You
0: want to go jump off a bridge? (laughs) Well, you know what's interesting with them, too? They're not only the highest-scoring team in the Eastern Conference. They are potentially going to be the highest-scoring team in, like, more than 20 years. (sighs) They're basically on pace for it because of how much they're scoring. And if if they aren't, it'll be because Colorado does it which I guess not only are those the two favorites, uh, these are two, two two franchises that have some of the longest streaks of not making a conference final. Florida hasn't made a conference final since they made the cup 26 years ago. And Colorado hasn't made a conference final since they lost to Detroit 20 years ago. Even though you you think Colorado is much better than Florida on this stretch. They love losing in the second round. And another thing, that Stanley Cup, 1996, Florida's third year in the league as an expansion team, Colorado their first year after moving from Quebec, they met in the Cup, could they meet again 26 years later? I'd say they're the favorites. God, I hope so. What a matchup that would be. Yeah, I mean, if we're not going to get, uh, we're not going to get us. Let's not get something stupid where you have like, one of the teams is awesome and the other one kind of sucks and we all know it, like right. the last two years. Right. Or I think something that Western conference, don't let us down this time.
1: I know really though. Well, one of the things that I think is is really interesting for the sake of Colorado is that their goaltending has finally seemed to really come around. Um, Pavel Frank, who's came back from injury probably like about a month or a month and a half ago or so. Um, And he has been stellar. He's had, I believe two or three shutouts in that span. I think he's like one, seven straight for them. And Darcy Kemper, I believe is like eight and one, both of them have goals against that are like below 2.4 and they've just been lights out for them. They've been exactly what they needed. Um, I mean, Frank Coosa's been there, you know, for the past couple of years, but Kemper was the big offseason acquisition after Grubauer ends up going to Seattle. And it seems like that move is finally starting to pay off for them because they've been they've been rock solid. And even though they don't have Nathan McKinnon right now, he will be back after the all-star break. And oh boy, I am worried about whoever's gonna end up having to play Colorado moving forward.
0: I'm not screw them. Well, they can lose. Uh, so actually, I'm looking at this right now. Colorado passed Florida on pace last night. So Colorado is now on pace to have the highest scoring season uh, in the past. I don't know how long I looked this up for next episode, but they have they're on pace for 341 and Florida is on pace for 338 goals. Both averaging more than four goals a game, which I think is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I believe Florida just scored 70 goals in January. 73 goals in January. Do you think there was a two month span in Buffalo or Sam Reinhardt was in the team and they didn't get 73 goals in two months? I was going to ask if they
1: scored like 10 goals this month, honestly.
0: Yeah. Cause they scored a whole bunch on Nashville for some reason.
1: Oh yeah. That was weird.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And so back to the bad news or remaining in the bad news, Casey Middlestat, uh, his uh, shoulder is still a problem. Uh, yeah. So you might remember that he got hurt in the first game of the year and was out for like months, maybe two months, came back for just a couple games, was out again, and came back again recently, and is now out again as uh, seeing the surgeon who did the surgery that he had. Yeah. You know, left after the first period, getting reevaluated. So that's, that's really bad. It's like, we've said many times the middle stat. this is very unfortunate because this was a big year for him and seeing what kind of guy he was. And now that's all going to get pushed back a year. It's bad for him and it's bad for the team.
1: It sucks. I mean, it, it is just, you can't help, but feel for the guy, you know, It, it really felt like he was, poised to take a step I mean obviously the year itself was was big for him but it it just felt like he was ready and for all of us you know we've said it time and time again it's never going to be top 10 pick quality in terms of what he seemingly could project out to being at this point but it it just felt like he was ready for it and he was going to be up to the challenge and you know as you look around the team and a lot of the younger guys are stepping up and are really holding their own I mean Kevin last episode made a great point in saying that none of the young guys really look like they're drowning that much out there. You know, everybody, generally speaking, has looked okay. And in Middlestat's case, I mean, with the stretch that he had last year under Granado and even beyond that, like even when Kruger was here, he, he had looked better. But Granado is when he really, really took it up a notch. You, you just can't help but feel bad for the guy. Like, I, I'm not even really thinking about it from the perspective of, okay, well, he's on a one-year deal. What are we going to do now? Like, is he going to – what are they going to do contract-wise with him in the offseason? Um, you know, was it, it just – I the only thing I'm really thinking about is just how unfortunate it is for this young player that was, was ready to take a step. And, you know, if he is – if he was able to stay healthy this year and he ends up taking a step, I mean, I don't think it could have been – you know, parallel to like the step that Tage took, but like something along those lines, this man would have been in for a pretty decent payday and probably would have solidified himself as a member of this core moving forward. And now it's just, there's unlimited question marks. I mean, there's no way you can move on from him because you don't know what you have there. You still obviously also have the RFA rights and everything. So that's good. But like, who knows what what this is going to look like now next year with him? Um, I mean, he'll have a place on the roster, but it just, it it sucks that this is just getting kicked down the road further and further. And again, like it raises major questions about what is going on with this Sabres medical staff. It's beyond the staff. It's like the doctors that they're choosing to like, to do these surgeries. I mean, when the staff is working with them in their rehab and like getting them back, like he didn't look ready at all in that first period. It, It just, it's just mind boggling to me, you know, and you could say, you could point to this or that, or the other thing for, for rationale, but like this keeps happening with guys continuously. It has been under Granado. It has been under Kruger. Like this isn't just like some new thing. I, I want answers more than anything. I mean, it's frustrating. Like, and this is just me as a fan. Imagine being one of these players and getting dicked around with like, your injury designation, how long you're going to be out for, what's being reported to the media, not being accurate as to what the reality of the injury is. What are we doing here? Like, what are these people doing?
0: Yeah, I think John Vogel mentioned this. He had a, a an article recently on The Athletic about all different things that uh, Pagoulas could be doing, not just about the arena, but mostly about the arena. But he also mentioned the medical stuff. And he was like, there's injuries like, for example, Malcolm Subban's injury. Uh, where pat maroon like basically fell on him skated into and fell on him and it's like what are you gonna do really big guy fell on you now you're hurt but a lot of injuries there's a lot of mystery involved with them and jack eichel is not the only one i know necks are tricky and spinal cord stuff is weird but like tage thompson a couple years ago is another great example he played one game in the nhl all year not even a full game like a period and it was like is he gonna be back no he's out four to six months like after weeks of speculation and there's a lot of maybe it's just a communications thing. Maybe things Craig are okay Anderson, behind the Craig another example. But Craig Anderson's a good example too. Are they telling Craig Anderson in early November that he's going to be out for nearly three months, or, or what? Like, is he figuring out that, that out later? Mm-hmm. Like, is and what which end are, are things getting mixed up on? Because I, right, I maybe there's a chance that they're just communicating poorly or they're lying, but it doesn't look like that. I kind of doubt that. It really looks like they're either bad at diagnosing or treating injuries and with Middlestad like you said that's a whole nother thing that's a whole that's someone that they're sending their players to and frankly it doesn't look good on them if Jack Michael is able to come back before March 1st
1: well dude and that's exactly you just hit on the point that I was about to make is it, it goes back to the question that we had brought up before the like right before the trade went down why is it that there are not only just Vegas, like there were multiple teams whose doctors were okay with this surgery, but the Sabres doctors, for whatever reason, were so adamant about him not getting it because let's be honest here that that trade gets done over the summer. It could look a whole lot different in terms of the return. Obviously Tuck and Krebs are looking good. We have that first coming over too, but like, does it change thing? It's a legitimate question to ask. Does it change things? If They either let him get the surgery and rehab, and then he ends up coming back on the ice, or they get the trade done earlier. Like It's leading to significant issues with this franchise. And I think even beyond what we're talking about right now and what's happened in the past, you mean to tell me that other players around the league, one, don't talk, but two, even in the scenario where they don't, you you mean to tell me that they're going to look at what's going on with all of this? in here through agents and chatter and everything like that and not wonder to themselves, like, ah, I don't know. I mean, if something happens to me and it feels like I'm not going to be getting the best quality care, the best quality medical attention, then what am I doing? Like why would I want to go here to a place that already is a bottom feeder? Like, I don't know. It's really frustrating. And, you know, you look at a team, like it's, it's obviously completely different, but I, I, I have people have brought up parallels with like the bills, for example, where it's like, they seem to be a bit more all in on their training, and they have these like state of the art facilities and it just really leads you to wonder like who are these people why are we having all of these issues repeatedly, and why are other teams not having issues to this degree either
0: yeah, yeah, uh, and it's something that it's it's a very hard for ever for us ever to find anything out about
1: right yeah, very frustrating um yeah. It's just, it just feels like, again, like, and to the point about the bills, like, obviously I know that there's, it's completely different when you're talking about an NHL and an NFL team, but they're, they're run by the same people. And in terms of like ownership and it's like, you you gotta see that something's got to give there, or you at least have to look around the league and see that and say, well, hmm let's see here. Why is it that this keeps happening repeatedly? And why is it not being addressed more than anything else?
0: Yeah. All right, well, we're going to get to some other news, but first, let's hear a a word from our sponsors, uh, DraftKings. So the moment we've all been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million, a $1 million top prize in their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner, Super Bowl 56. So you have to be 21 or older, uh, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. Uh, see draftkings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Avoid where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN red line. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, but in Tennessee call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.com slash chat in New York call 1-800 sorry excuse me don't call 1-800 in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369
1: very nice. nice new ad
0: if you can tell <laughs> um so other well, uh, big big news this week uh the other goal that the saber scored on tuesday night john hayden's first goal is a buffalo saber and it God only took damn. his 37th game 37 games one goal two assists so good stuff john wow congrats yeah well Additionally, it appears that the Sabres are COVID-free for the first time in quite a while. Dustin Tocarcy's back. He played against Colorado the other night. Played pretty well, I think.
1: Another person you could talk about with uh, weird diagnoses or weird timeframes that were never really properly updated.
0: Yeah, on his end, I would say that's very much a non-medical staff thing and very much a communications thing. Right. Because it was just talked about so little. Like, he was Mm -hmm. practicing, but he wasn't active. Which uh, that doesn't make total sense to me, honestly, just how long of a period that was. Um, But yeah, him and Anderson are back now. They're the goaltenders again, just like the beginning of the year. It's just like nothing ever changed. Uh, Michael Hauser has been placed on waiver. So he's heading back to Rochester. Uh, I wonder what that means for our old pal, Charles Williams, who uh, Canisius college grad had been the backup in Rochester, but I guess you'll be able to find out tonight if he's on the roster, since you're heading to the Amherst uh, who are playing four games while Buffalo's on its all-star break. Uh, uh, other people who are heading down. I think this is mostly like, this is like there's this taxi squad thing. Now that will be more or less disbanded during the all-star break. Cause that's where the Sabres are right now. They aren't playing again for more than a week. Uh, so they, the Sabres have also sent Peyton Krebs, Matias Samuelson, Aaron Dell, Brandon Bureau, Oscar Laxen and Brett Murray, JJ Paterka, R2 Rootsalainen, and, and Jimmy Sh- Schult to Rochester. So, Jimmy. yeah, all yeah, your boy, <laughs> Jimmy's brother, the singer. Oh, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's all these uh, all these guys are heading back to Rochester, which is an interesting uh, squad this year. While the Sabres take their week off, with the exception of Rasmus Dahlin. So. What are you uh, what are you looking for tonight when you see uh the Rochester Amherst take on the Charlotte Checkers? I'm excited to see JJ. I mean, I think that's probably at the top of the
1: list. Um is Quinn back? He's still out, right? Quinn's out. Yeah, yeah. for like yeah, a month. month. Yeah, no, JJ is is really the only one that I'm I'm really excited for. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I think there's some other guys who are more like fringe NHLers who maybe have like bottom six roles like Brandon Bureau is a guy who I'm kind of interested in seeing tonight um really I, I mean it's like I said Paterka is kind of the main one that I'm going to be focusing on and I'm not really too upset to admit that or not um but yeah I mean you know roost the line and it'll be good to see him to get a check in on him and see how he's looking um of course, Brett Murray's down there. Oskari Laxinen definitely excited to, to see him in the mix. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough. Like I, I, w- I would have really loved to be able to go during the time when there was Quinn, Paterka, and Krebs all down there. But I'm obviously very happy that Krebs is up right now and he's proving that he should stay up and continue to be up. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good time and I will be taking – taking my thoughts very seriously during this game and we'll write some down and we'll have a full report for you, Taylor, on Sunday for our Monday
0: episode. And on Sunday, we'll also be able to talk about the All-Star game, which took place, which will have taken place on Saturday, uh, Darlene in his first game. I don't know. I guess we'll see. It's weird. The All-Star game is still the format where it's like the divisions and stuff, but it's going to be different this year. Because two of the four captains are already out. Yep. Which is not great news for the all-star game. McKinnon allegedly is coming back on the other side of it. And Ovechkin uh, has COVID. Did they announce
1: uh, who is taking part in what skills competitions? Like, do we know what Darlene's doing?
0: So I've seen some things like fastest skater and whatnot, but I haven't seen what Darlene's doing.
1: Okay. What do you think he would do? I have literally no idea, which is why I wanted to have, do they, are they doing like, well, they're doing some of the new stuff too. I know they have some Vegas specific contests, events, whatever that they're doing. So I, I really don't know. Ooh, he's going to play crafts. Yeah, exactly. He is. Um, yeah. they There's going to have him play the slots. That's it. Just Dollyen just sitting in front of a, you know, quarter slot machine for two hours. You, you do that in Hamburg. Yeah, exactly. He's got to do something um, cool.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, are they do, don't they do like a relay thing or something like that? They're doing a bunch of new stuff this year. I honestly don't remember what most of it is. But I'm wondering, because usually the All-Star game is on Sunday and the skills competition is on Saturday. Did they converge that all into one day or is that stuff going to be all on Friday now?
1: I don't know. Hmm. Think-
0: well, I'm going to look this up while we're talking because uh, I'd like to see what Darlene is actually going to be doing. Yeah, I, mean- I would also like to see that, too. When was the last time there was an All-Star game? Was there one in 2020? I assume there was, and Eichel must have been there.
1: Yeah, because it was before COVID. Yeah. Huh. That was the one that um, weren't Jack and Jeff at that one?
0: Jeff wouldn't have been. Jeff would have been 2019, right? Oh, that, was, that was 19. Series yeah, sport yeah, 40. yeah. You're right. You're right. My bad. Oh, just two hours ago, they announced all this stuff. Okay. Let's oh, see. Oh, that makes sense. Let's see. Discover NHL face-off will ta- be staged at the Fountains of Bellagio. Oh, like from uh, Ocean's Eleven. Cool. <laughs> Let's see. A full... Okay. Good lord, this sounds interesting. There'll be a full deck of oversized playing cards in a rack. Essentially, hockey is blackjack. Players will try to build a hand that equals 21 in the least number of shots by go, without going bust by shooting pucks at the cards. The player who wins two rounds is crowned a puck shark. It'll be a five-player field. <laughs> okay. That, that's Good. interesting. Hockey blackjack. That sounds cool. Okay. So this is an interesting one with the fountain face off at the Bellagio. Eight participants will travel by boat to a rink in the fountain. They must successfully shoot five. They must successfully shoot pucks as quickly as possible into five targets placed on the, in the water, fighting through the sprays of the nearby fountains, qualifying players and move into the head to head final. One of the participants in this event will be three time Olympic medalist jocelyn lamoureux davidson the nhl continues the trend of getting more women's hockey players involved in all-star events this is from espn's greg uh, wischinski's article on this mm-hmm. this is interesting the nhl announced a few guests for the breakaway challenge this year trevor Zegras uh is one of them that's not a guest but manon Rameau, the first woman to play in an nhl game and actor wyatt russell uh who is in the movie goon 2 and also the movie's much better than goon 2 and is also the son of kurt russell and goldie hahn And is
1: was fake ass Captain America for a short time.
0: Yeah. So anyway, oh, so this is Friday at 730. And then the All-Star Games will be Saturday at 3. I actually think that's a good idea. And it looks like they haven't actually announced. So maybe this is going to be a surprise. Did you know, wait, did you say this? That why Russell used to be a hockey player? I didn't say that, but yeah, he did used to play hockey. I did not know that. Maybe that's why he did (laughs) direct to streaming Goon 2. That well, could he was very sense. good in it. He was extremely good in Goon 2.
1: Are you excited to see him return in Marvel as US Agent? <laughs> in what? I don't know. He's probably gonna come back in something. They teased it at the end of uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
0: Hmm. No, I mean I didn't watch it, so I don't know. Is he? I mean, he's a really good actor.
1: He is a good uh, actor. He looks I really stupid say, in
0: Captain America suit. What's that? He looked really stupid in the Captain America suit. I think they did that on purpose.
1: He had the most punchable face in that suit. He did. He did a good job. did he, like, murder
0: a guy? Is that a thing in the show? He, like, murdered someone with a shield?
1: He pretty much, like, decapitated somebody with Cap's shield, yeah. Well. Like, you know in Civil War when Cap is on top of Tony and he's like this and it looks like he's about to chop Tony's head off, but then he goes and he just, like, breaks his reactor? This dude with a crowd of people around him – in like a different country goes for oh, the no. in a different country in a different country while people are around him filming him just over the top like throws it down
0: and literally his capo was detated what was his jurisdiction in another country i always wonder that about the avengers How so could just... the
1: so the premise of the show you didn't watch it at all right no The premise of the show is like about people who are displaced after the blip once everybody comes back. And it's like, it's essentially about like the politics of like, well, all these people are back now. And there's a ton, there's like millions of refugees all over the world because people have moved into new houses and stuff like that. And like, there's no adequate housing and everything. So there's like this one group who is kind of like this shadow group who's a bunch of them get like the super soldier serum essentially and they're like just young... get that what's that you can just get that well they had there was a scientist who had his own creat- just his own leave version. that laying around anywhere his own version of the serum but there, there was a limited amount of them there was like 20 vials of them and there was like 15 of the people i'd already had like taken it or like 10 of the people whatever um but it was for the people who were the leaders of this group and like Essentially what happens is they're in another country because they're trying to like go after them because they're based in another country. And one of the people kills John Walker's right-hand man, if it was actually cap, if it would be with like somebody killed Bucky or Sam. They kill this guy, and he doesn't even kill he doesn't even chop the head off of the person who actually killed him. It was like another person who's a part of the Flag Smashers, which is the name of the group. So he just goes for another person and gets them. And then he lies to everybody and says that this is actually the person who killed his friend, but it doesn't matter anyways, because that's how he ends up getting the suit and the shield taken away from him. And it's a whole thing, but yeah, so he literally has no jurisdiction in this country. He only, the only reason he's there too, is because he goes to follow Sam and Bucky and then ends up having this big
0: confrontation. And there you go. So he's like an international terrorist. basically. Yeah, literally. Yes. So like a lot of these I, I wonder too, because like it's not really clear. Like in Iron Man three, the United States has its clear government structure. Like there is a, a president and a vice president, and then there's the other times when you're dealing with Shield. Like there's that five people that are always up in like mm-hmm. hologram panels, and I don't know who they are, but they're they're around a lot. Like they're in they're in multiple movies. They're in Infinity War as well, and it's like and then there's those same guys. I forgot the one guy's name. Such a big Ross. Secretary Ross. He's important in civil war because they're trying to get them to sign those accords and like but what can they do because in the beginning of civil war they're going to track down the one guy left from uh winter soldier basically in another country can they just do that why can they just go to another country how is that how is that is that allowed i mean that's kind of the whole premise of
1: of civil war though and it's It's so tough because it's like, to me, I think that from like Cap's side of things, it makes more sense that how the back then it was like the whole like team Cap versus team Tony. I think that Steve's side makes way more sense than Tony's because everything that has gone wrong in pretty much the first 10 years of the MCU has one way or another been a result of something that Tony did that he wasn't supposed to. And so yeah, even after it's like dies. Tony, essentially Tony trying to help his guilt. I mean, Ultron was his fault. The whole premise of the first Avengers movie is his fault. It's, it's repeated. Like the, it's just continuously shit that just comes back to Tony being more ambitious than he probably should be, or
0: it should be allowed to be. So. And I believe all three Iron Man movies are his um, employees as the villains. And. Spider-Man, uh, the one in Europe. Far from home. Jake Hall was one of his
1: employees.
0: Boy. Yep. Yeah. Really, the universe is really centered around him, but I I guess my point is like, for example, uh, heavy heavy air quotes here. The CIA cannot operate in other countries without the permission of those countries and can only operate with police forces in those countries. And mm-hmm. air quotes. So like the Avengers, I mean, they were mostly in America, but I guess like Tony Stark in Iron Man 2, like, is, like, murdering terrorists and stuff. Which I'm sure people didn't mind, but it's, like... I gotta ask again, that's that's really, like, an interesting international, like... Uh, well, yeah, because they don't have... In, like, any- another country, you just get to go in another country and kill people? You can't do that. Well, right, and I guess that's,
1: like, what they, th- like, the whole point of the Accords were supposed... Or the Sokovia Accords were supposed to be. But the part that I understand from, especially from Cap's perspective, is this dude is years removed like only a couple of years removed from realizing that Hydra was infiltrating the U S government and was responsible for these atrocities happening all over the world. And he's like, okay, so you're just going to let all of these governing bodies come together, who some of them may be good, but some of them may very well not be good and have horrible, horrible, horrible interests that what happens if, you know, they send like he says in the, like one of his lines is like, what happens if they send us somewhere where we don't want to go or they don't send us somewhere where we have to go. It's, it's, it's interesting. I completely agree though, that like if you're talking about something like that, you probably should have some set of ground rules for what these people are allowed to do and what they can do. Um, but you know, also nobody really read the fine print of the Accords anyways, like you know that little tiny part about how if you get caught, you're going to get sent to an underwater dungeon where nobody can find you.
0: And you escape before the end of the movie. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, there's no consequences. That should have been the last line. There's no consequences to any of this. Check out our next movie. Yeah, <laughs> so literally though, to, like it's also like interesting because maybe one of them understood. I don't know who it was. It doesn't matter. None of the governments matter. Like the entire world in the MCU is just run by secret organizations and societies. Basically. Yeah, that's kind of my point. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't really matter. The governments are kind of an illusion or whatever. So you just kind of fly in and out of wherever you want. You don't really have to worry too much about someone misusing their powers because if they do one, they'll feel bad about it like Tony or Scarlet Witch, or they just won't do it or they will be a villain and they'll be defeated pretty immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. So, well,
0: and that's the thing. Now it's it's
1: interesting to think of like how the future is going to go within the MCU because the opening of... Um, of the of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is about how like Sam is doing like contract work for the government like as Falcon, so, but then on the other side of things, it's like Wanda's going crazy right now with Westview. Well, she was going crazy, I should say. Um, no, she actually definitely still is. She's the like the Scarlet Witch now. What am I talking about? Um, but like Tom Holland is kind of like doing his own thing too. So we really don't know. I guess like in the fallout of Endgame. Where everybody stands, I guess, in that sense, like, as is, is everybody now, just kind of like, shit, the Sokovia Accords
0: really don't matter. This dude just came and snapped, and everybody disappeared for five years. Like, well, I would think there'd be that kind of fallout, and so you right. you forget all those all those guys are done. Iron Man, Captain America, done. Black Widow's dead. Who knows about the Hulk? So Thor, he's still around. Hanging. Thor's still hanging around. I mean, he's gonna well, have a movie. Hulk is too. Yeah. So he's around somewhere. He was at so, the end of
1: Shang Chi, and then he has his own. Uh, he's in sure, the. True, he's, he's
0: not the Hulk again for some reason.
1: Yeah, which I'm I'm assuming we'll find that
0: out when She Hulk comes out. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, anyway, in that.
1: Yeah. I
0: think the new hero of the MCU should be Sprite. I think that's it. That's hey, the move. Shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to entertain that as a joke.
0: <laughs> wow i didn't Big even Coke like eternals
1: really that much either so i loved it oh did you oh, this was, was cool as hell yeah cinematic masterpiece yeah a uh, lot of cool visuals definitely not too long didn't look oh my god <laughs> oh that was the longest movie that movie was long i did not spend eight time. hours of my life in that movie theater oh my god you, Can know, I you ask saw you it twice? a question? Can I, can I pose a question to you that I saw somebody pose on Twitter? And I think that this absolutely should be a thing. So it around the time when it came out that the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, which looks amazing and is going to, I think, be amazing. um, The movie itself is going to be three hours. I think that for movies that like action movies like that, Marvel movies can take a hint from this too, that are three hours or longer. Throw a bathroom break in the middle. Let people yes. go restock up on snacks. Give people literally do ten minutes. That's all you need. Ten minutes, bathroom breaks, going to get snacks. Boom, you're set. You don't have to worry about people getting up in the middle of movies anymore. People don't have to worry about running and missing stuff from movies that they want to meet or that they want to see. It it just seems like such a no brainer.
0: Yes, that's a great idea. Somewhere two and a half hours or more. Who do we, who do we talk to about this? Uh, John Regal, the John owner Riegel? of Regal Cinemas. All right. Yeah. Well, honestly, it's, a, it's you, a great idea for the pod. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he listens. He loved my take on um, a Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. So I think it's a good idea because like the bathroom thing, I'm sure they could take or leave because they just want to get those movies rolling through. But like snack bar, it's where a lot of the money's made more food mm-hmm. but you can't do that you sit down you're like i oh, don't I don't want anything then it's 10 minutes in you're like ah oh, shit i really could use some popcorn i guess i'll get some pretty soon and then i'll have popcorn for the second half of the movie makes too much sense
1: yeah i think we're trending honestly. in that direction like movies like these action movies are undeniably getting longer and longer i mean the doctor strange movie is already supposed to be around three hours too um i'm sure that like the thor movie that's coming out later this year is going to end up being really long also which like again i'm fine with let these movies be long but like for our bladder's sake and for the sake of restocking on snacks let's make this a thing we're gonna call up billy regal and johnny movie theater
0: well william regal is a wwe guy we can't do that i think it's got to be john regal
1: john regal okay yeah john regal and 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 charlie movie theater we're gonna call them up see what they're doing see if they want to come on the pod maybe be a guest and maybe we talk
0: this out live on air yeah. Well, I think they've got to be game for it if it involves more uh, more money for them, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Johnny
1: no, Regal is a huge, I don't know if you know this or not, huge Tage Thompson
0: fan. Loves it. Yeah. Loves the big fella. He does. He does. Damn. Wow. Well, anyway, I'll be heading to, well, weather permitting, at some point in the next few days, I will be heading to the cinema to see my recommendation i don't even have to see it i'm already recommending it it's jackass forever ladies and gentlemen jesus christ it's the uh the final installment probably honestly for their sake it better be i hope so you hope so yes for their sake
1: for everybody's sake there's everyone what yeah
0: okay jackass is it's it's the best it's the best Kind of entertainment. These
1: dudes are in their 40s and 50s, Taylor. Okay. It's one thing when I would see Johnny (laughs) Knoxville like stapling shit to himself when he was like in his 20s, but this is a grown
0: ass man now. Steve O, that dude like got gray hair. Yeah. Well, Johnny Knoxville is, you never knew him in his 20s. You know what I'm saying.
1: My point still stands. These dudes are old as hell. They do not need to do this. I do not need to watch people beat the shit out of themselves for my own. I think it's funnier when they're old. But I don't get any, I, I just am like over it. It's like, it's been so played out. It's like, oh, stop. they've had
0: like, they've done like five, th- they haven't done anything in more than 10 years. No, nah, I agree with or you. Or a reason. Well, yeah, because, well, for quite a few reasons, but like the, the bad grandpa stuff, that kind of style prank, I uh, kind of over with because of, of quite a few things, but not the least of which is the shitty uh, Facebook copycats and uh, what's that show called? god like Kyrie irving no what is that well yeah that's true Kyrie irving as well uh it's a show that everyone likes that i don't like impractical jokers a lot of that shit that's why that feels played out in terms of the actual stunts i feel like it could never be played out because that shit is so uh like impossible for anyone else to do like it's it's just like and also i i think to their credit like they had a show that had only like 25 total episodes they did one movie in 02, the other one was quickly after, and then one other one more than 10 years ago. So at this point, it's like oh, three movies worth of stunts and 25 episodes of TV more than, I mean, that ended 20 years ago. Jackass has been off the air since 2001 or two. But yeah, I mean, like they're old, but it's not like they're like 80. Like, you know, like a lot of these guys, it, it's, an. I think, I think what makes it still interesting after this time or what kind of holds it together is that. They're not just a bunch of guys uh, getting bowling balls thrown at their balls or whatever. Like it, it comes with like the um, a kind of understanding of a certain kind of male friendship. I feel like, and that really evolves because they're not like first of all the the old jackass era. Like these guys are uh, in a tough way, and it is honestly unbelievable that all but one of them are still alive, and all but two of them will be in this movie. Basically, obviously, Bam Margera has its own problems, so like now they're like the fact that they're like in their 40s and they're like dads and stuff is kind of I think interesting so I mean I guess we'll see what kind of movie it's like but I think it's I don't know based on the preview it looks incredible and I just think it's it's almost like it's it's entertainment obviously and it's like it's co- movie comedy like it's in that way it's like uh you know writing but it's almost like sports in a way where it's like someone uh pushing the uh, human body to a limit that you th- thought wouldn't exist Anyway, you're muted.
1: I'm. I know I am. I'm still just shaking my head. I, I wow, that's played out. It's you just are like, talking
0: about a movie. Oh uh, yeah, that bro. Is Let's celebrate our brotherhood. I
1: love you, bro. I love you so much, bro. Hey, you want to go in public and light ourselves on fire, like, dude?
0: I, that's I, not I what they're like. Probably
1: because I've never really been into Jackass that much, but like, but that's oh not what they're my like, God, dude. That's
0: not what they're like. That's not what they're like at all. I know
1: that, but it's the premise of it is what I'm saying. Like it just pushing your body. It's unnecessarily doing that. Like, I don't know. I just don't watch that and find that enjoyment.
0: Um, I think you're in the minority here. Well, maybe you're not. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, Brendan, you would agree with a lot of 50 year olds in 1999. We need to get these jokers off the TV. Them and uh, South Park and Eminem. (laughs) This rap music's really coming. It's really crazy. It's really ruining the kids of America these days. Shut up, but they don't. They also, like, I think, do things that are like, uh, you know, kind of a I don't know, creative, like that thing in Jackass 2 with all the tasers. That's not just something simple, that's like a really creative way to to torture. Why
1: don't you explain what it is? Explain it for everybody who maybe hasn't seen it, what you're talking about. I know you're saying, but I
0: want to hear what I want to hear you say it just so we could say it out loud. Well, I don't know what the number is, but it's like a narrow hallway that almost looks like narrower than a school I don't know narrow let's say like seven feet wide and it's like 20 feet long and there's like wooden rods you have to step over and then let's say wooden rod that's like a foot off the ground you step over that and next will be another one you have to duck under and then it goes like that throughout I don't know say 20 feet in the hallway and then there's tires on the ground so you have to kind of run through so it looks kind of like a football drill except that there are uh tasers all over the place that are active So I don't know how many, but they're all very high voltage. So like, there's like one, there's like a rotating thing that's spinning a taser across. Then there's other ones that are just dangling all over the place. So because you have to move through the tires and keep like ducking and stepping over things, it's impossible to to get through all the tasers. So you have to kind of run as fast as you can. And they had all like 10 guys do it at once, which was uh, quite a scene. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Knock it Sounds off. I'm awesome. not hearing this shit. We just talked about Sounds a movie awesome. series. We this just is not about me. I got to The, hold on, hold the on. most banal movie series dispute. of all time.
1: Okay. I want to dispute your little comment about. Seven
0: movies and already like six TV shows that it's coming out with a million more that are never going to stop. Jackass cannot be played out after uh, uh, such a such, uh, short time. There's unlimited things you could do to your body. I have no interest and and seeing that
1: whatsoever and i have so many issues with you saying the whole oh like rap music blah 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 that is not even remotely close to being the same thing like it it is oh my god
0: that's basically
1: what the the, no it's not all i'm trying to say is i think it's fucking stupid well obviously it's
0: stupid (laughs) i mean why would it not be stupid of course it's stupid oh boy i don't know how many how many movies do you see that you wouldn't categorize as pretty stupid
1: yeah but movies that are usually based in like fiction
0: yeah so this is like you know it's, it's getting the real stuff i think it's pretty impressive johnny knoxville is 50 50 and he got knocked out by an actual bull that's crazy where else are you gonna see that shit it's unbelievable. I don't need to see that. Like that's the, I, I don't have, I mean, you don't interest. need to see anything. You don't need that. You know, whatever uh, Taylor you watch in a given day. Well, I mean, what do you want to say? It's incredibly popular. You don't need to see it. Come on. You don't need to see anything. What do you need? Of course. I, I don't need to see it either. I don't need to see anything. I watch in a given day. Oh. Need is not really a, a part of entertainment. It's more like you don't want to see it. And I don't know why. I think it's uh, because like
1: like, that because that cannot like does not bring me any fulfillment whatsoever. Just like, oh, yeah, this guy got knocked out. Oh, this guy did something that fucked with his body. Oh, this guy did something that hurt himself. Like, this is awesome. I love watching people voluntarily hurt themselves. Sick.
0: I mean, yeah, they're in the right mind and all that. So, like, it's not like I don't know we, we watch hockey and football. I know that's the point is to hurt yourself, but like you do have to hurt yourself. Yeah. And there's a
1: fine line between playing a sport and getting hurt and running through a wall of tasers or like literally any of the things that they do.
0: I and know, no I disrespect cool to guys. people who
1: like them. I'm just, I'm just giving my my take on it. I feel like yeah, I you are you. usually the downer of the two when it comes to media that we consume. So I thought I would take a turn this time around.
0: Wow, that's awfully generous of you. So You're I'll welcome. say, here's the thing that I like about okay. recently, because, like I said, I do not like uh, prank things. Facebook, first of all, it's all super fucking fake, and when it's not, it's usually pretty offensive. It's like, oh, look at this guy put on boxing gloves and beat the shit out of a homeless guy. What a cool prank. So so there's and and like i said impractical jokers sucks i'm in the big minority on that but it's like oh look at this guy's gonna go skip a line whatever anyway what johnny knoxville said recently on hot ones interview when asked about the trends he wasn't talking about impractical jokers he was talking about like facebook pranks and all the stuff and prank you know these things that go wrong and stuff like that yeah yeah and he said that in jackass the joke is always on them like it's not that they're doing something to someone most of the time like even when it's like kidnapping Brad Pitt which by the way that's a great comedy but that's unbelievable that's like I think in terms of being that's not the most entertaining but it's one of the most clever things they've done like the the people that are around them they always tell them like oh hey that was fake (laughs) can we get your you know permission for this so it's not like really normally a, a a mean prank to other of course. people no i get that i i completely
1: understand that that's not at all like the what i my thing that is i'm just being a debbie downer about it i don't know i've just never really been into it that much honestly and damn I don't really care to i'm sorry i just don't get
0: down with the voluntary self-violence thing i just it just doesn't doesn't resonate with me well that's not all of it either like they're gonna have a bear eat salmon off a guy's junk in this one <laughs> tell me that's not kind of interesting you realize what <laughs> <you're> <laughs> saying right now? yeah that sounds super fun how is that's not has that not fun eric andre gets hit with like a thingy a blow-up thingy machine gun kelly gets slapped with a giant hand that's just that i would watch
1: because screw machine gun
0: kelly but <laughs> yeah see so you could just if you just pretend you don't like all these guys it'll be pretty easy I, I suppose i guess i won't be
1: watching it but you can give an update on how it is uh on our next episode.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully the, this uh, weather coming through, you know, the way things are, it might not get plowed out until March. True. So we'll True. see. All right. Well, any other last thoughts we'd like to share before we call it?
1: Uh, No. Good. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabers presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever social media platforms you're on, and your streaming platform of choice. Also, make sure you're following us on social media, Straight Up Sabers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also make sure you're subscribed to us on whatever streaming platform you're currently listening to this podcast on right now. As I had said before, we'll be back with a new episode on Monday, but in the meantime, if you're planning to use DraftKings this weekend, make sure you're using promo code THPN at checkout. We'll talk to you all on Monday. This has been straight up savers.